JR the Boss Man Show. Uh, as I promised you guys, we're going to be joined by Tennessee Titans writer for ESPN, Cameron Wolf here joining me right now. Cameron, what's up with you in Nashville, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Uh, everything's going good, man. Everything's going good, man. Talking about these Titans up there, man. They beat the South Seahawks on Sunday. A great game in Nissan Stadium. The defense played well. They they sat Russell Wilson, made his life for life, living the hell out of the field. Mar- Mariota, the guys played well on offense, man. So overall, what do you think about the Titans so far? Being two and one after playing Oakland, Seattle, and Jacksonville. Yeah, I think it's been a tough uh, stretch for them so far, but they they've looked pretty good, you know. Um, as far as just the the. You know, your two of your first three games are against teams that are probably going to make the playoffs, and you win uh, half of those games, and then you already win a division game, and then they got a big division game up this weekend. So I think they're really um, they're living up to expectations right now. We thought they were going to be a uh, potential playoff team. Um, we thought they were going to win a division. So they they look like the best team in the AFC South right now. Now, does that Jacksonville win look look a little bit better now since they killed Baltimore over in London on Sunday? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who Jacksonville is. I mean, um, they 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 blown out two teams and they got blown out against the Titans. So um, I'm not sure if that says more about the the the, uh, the Titans and how potentially good they are, or uh, or the Jaguars' inconsistency. Um, but yeah, I think that win was a was a was a real good win for them because they've struggled with Jacksonville uh, in the past. Leading up to that Seahawks game, uh, what was the vibe around the team? Like, were the guys kind of hyped up, kind of test themselves against a great team like Seattle, a good defense, with a reputation? So, what was the feeling around the building at the same time a sports park last week leading up to that game against Seattle? Yeah, they felt like it was a chance for them to uh, make a statement, I guess, as a team. You know, uh, the, obviously the Seahawks, they're a championship um, quality team. They won a title in that era. So, this was a chance to kind of prove to to everybody and prove to themselves that they're uh, contenders. Um, so yeah, they were confident going into that week. They thought they could, they thought that they could handle those guys up front, and they did. They really, uh, I felt like they controlled both sides of the line, and they looked a lot like those Seattle teams did when they were winning championships. And Mike Malarkey has to love how his team stood up to Seattle. When they tried to cheap shot Mariota, they stood up for him. They wouldn't take any of that. They, they missed or fall for their nonsense. How, how did Mike Malarkey talk about seeing those guys stand up to Seattle, the big, bad Seahawks, leading a boom and not bowing down to them? Yeah, that was a big That was a big message. I mean, particularly that hit on the sideline where Marcus Mariota got hit by uh, Richard Sherman late. Uh, Malarkey said that he was proud of his guys. He said, that's what we do. We stand up for our quarterback, we don't let that type of stuff happen. So I think they're preaching that toughness mentality, that team will protect all our guys no matter what. So I think it was a good statement for them that they were able to win a game like that uh, against a physical team because, uh, you know, and when it gets around in December and January and playoff fans, you don't have a lot of tough teams. So you got to be able to go tough versus tough and win. No doubt, folks. We got Cameron Wolf on here on the Boss Man Show, ESPN.com, Tennessee Titans writer. Now, look at the offensive side some more, Cameron. When you get Corey Davis fully healthy, do you feel like they'll kind of unlock the Titans' cheat code almost, get him out there with Rashard Matthews, Eric Decker, and get Taiwan Taylor doing what he does and open up lanes, more lanes for Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray and, and make the, and John U. Smith as well and DeMarco Walker. It'll make the Titans even, even more dynamic and more explosive having that guy on the field. That one, that one piece will make everybody else just open up for everything for everybody else. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the the biggest uh, the biggest strength of the Titans so far is just the, their different weapons and their ability to show defenses different formations, different uh, motions in the backfield. And that's because you have to cover all of their weapons. There's nobody you could say, oh, this guy is not a threat. Uh, like we saw last weekend, uh, Janu Smith, he caught a 24-yard touchdown when um, off a fullback screen when the defense wasn't really accounting for him. They were expecting a run to either. Uh, uh, I think it was either DeMarco or Derek in the backfield, and Taewon was moving in motion, and they weren't even thinking about uh, Janu, and he was the guy who ended up being wide open. So when you've got a, a plethora of weapons like that, it, it really keeps defenses off guard, and this is a team that's committed to sticking with the run, so it's going to really open up things for, for Corey Davis and a lot of their receivers. Um, so, yeah, I think when he returns, he got 10 targets his first week. So when he returns, he'll immediately slot in and be, you know, another potential big play receiver uh, to make that offense even better. Now, how surprised are you at where the defense has been playing, especially on the back end? Like, I haven't seen too many leaks in that secondary so far for the Titans. Is LeBeau playing a little more cover, too? Is he blitzing more? Is he playing more man? What's been the key to keeping those secondary guys from looking bad on film that we've seen in the first weeks of the season? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is them just not giving up those huge plays. I mean, I was watching the film earlier, and there was only really two big plays that they gave up, and they were on the same touchdown drive back-to-back, and it was uh, just one-on-one assignments just got beat man-to-man. And that, that happens sometimes. If you don't – things like these guys, and I was a little worried going into the season about their continuity, but these guys seem like they, they know each other, they're communicating. And as long as there isn't big coverage gaps where you're, you're letting guys go free – you should be pretty solid as defense. And they had some tackling problems early on, but they've sort of fixed those. So they've really uh, – they look they look like a sound bunch where if they get a, give up a play, they're there to tackle. Um, they're playing solid technique. And um, really they're having really good play from their front units uh, and stopping the run. So it's forcing teams to become one-dimensional. They just allow 3.1 they allow three point one yards per carry against Seattle, and that really forced – uh, Russell Wilson, Seahawks have to throw. They threw the ball 49 times. And according to his good game with the Texans, what would be the keys in your mind for the Titans to win the game on offense and defense? Lead the key, make sure that they leave NRG Stadium with a win on Sunday and furthermore cement themselves at the top of the AFC South with a 3-1 record heading back to Nashville. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be similar to last week against Seattle. You've got a quarterback in Deshaun Watson who likes to scramble um, who, who likes to use his legs, and he's really the center of their offense at this point. Obviously, you've got to uh, you got to prepare for DeAndre Hopkins, but as a young quarterback, I expect Dick LeBeau to show him a lot of blitzes. I think you'll see them pressure him, try to get after him, and force him to make those quick decisions um, that he's not used to making at an NFL level. So I think this could be a week where you feast on turnovers and sacks um, and try to get the young quarterback rattled. And final one for you, Cameron, is this. is Rashard Matthews states that he'll kneel for the anthem until the president apologizes for calling those who kneel SOB. So what's the temperature of the locker room right now after deciding to stay in the locker room on Sunday for the anthem? And are there any guys expressing regret like Ben Roethlisberger did yesterday previously about how he wished he hadn't done it? So what's the Titans' temperature on the anthem protest and how they're going to move forward with it with going down to Houston now? Well, we'll see what the locker room looks like on Wednesday once everybody's settled back in. But as of now, I think you can look at it as, as many issues um, that you occur with the protest. I think you got 53 guys in the locker room with different viewpoints. So I think it's going to be rare for guys to agree 
But I think you can tell by Rashard Matthews dance and a few other players that we talked to um, on Sunday just being um, disgusted and, and upset with uh, with uh, Donald Trump's statement. So I think they're making that clear. I think that that um, element of the protest has really uh, made it evolve to something that is different than it initially had, had become. So there is some need to uh, get it back on track to its initial, original purpose. But I do think that there will be uh, a lot of different conversations um, behind closed doors in that locker room about how do we get this back to football and not let this be a distraction um, because it's a balancing act. It's athletes making sure they want to use their platform, but also not let this um, control the conversation and tone of us winning football games. Got you. Cameron, hey, we enjoy your work here on the Boss Man Show. Man, I'll see you real soon up there in Nashville, that Colts game, man. Keep holding it down, man. All right, man. All right, folks. Cameron Wolf here on the Boss Man Show. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com.
Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. JR the Boss Man Show is joined by Cameron Wolf, because Tennessee Titans, the ESPN.com writer. Now we go to a writer I've been following for a long time. You'll say today's Jared Bell on the Boss Man Show. Got to have him on with me for the first time. Jared, what's up, man? How's life treating you up there in Michigan, man? Oh, pretty good, man. Boss Man, everything is cool, man. I'm, you know, just kind of swinging through, checking out uh, my alma mater, Michigan State, and, uh, then I'll be uh, doing back on the NFL trail <laughs> by Sunday. I hear that. So let me ask you, man, uh, are you worried that your school may be involved in this whole college basketball pro thing we got going on that's kind of hit the fan here in the last few days? Uh, are you concerned about Coach Izzo and those guys? I, I feel good about my crew, but, you know, sometimes you never really know. Um, and the way it's gone for us in football we sure don't need nothing happening with basketball because <laughs> that's like all we got right now, man. We're basketball too. And our basketball team, you know, it can be kind of shaky sometimes too. I mean, usually he, he gets some pretty good recruiting classes and he builds these teams and they get to March and, you know, they've always got a shot to, you know, go to the Sweet, they can go to the sweet 16 for sure and then maybe even further. So he's built a good program. Um, I have no reason to suspect the uh, any foul play, but I've always said Izzo needs to do a better job recruiting in the city, though. <laughs> and I've told him that and his boy, Steve Mariucci. <laughs> okay, they used to be roommates. I don't know if you, remember, if you knew that. I did not know um, that. Way, way back. Yeah, those two go way back, man. They were up in northern Michigan. 
And so, you know, Izzo went his way with the basketball. Mariucci went his way with the football. And so, you know, I've, I've over the years, have used Mariucci as like a, you know, a communication tool. Like, you tell Izzo he needs to do such and such, and back and forth, we have, we've had a lot of fun with that over the years. No doubt. Well, speaking of Michigan, Detroit Lions, uh, the Falcons played it this past oh, week yeah. and won on a weird type of way with the referee spotting the ball wrong and the version to that run off and the Falcons won the game. Good for me, bad for the Lions fans, but just seeing right. seeing the Falcons as you saw them so far, are they the class of the NFC to you with the offense they have? And they have an average defense, but they, they're fast, but they're average, but yeah. with that offense, they, they can just, they, they still go small again possibly and get back there and try to win it this time that they lost last time. Yeah, let, let me say maybe on that because it's still early in the season. Gotcha. And, you know, they, they could have lost the other day, but I'll give them the credit due. I mean, they, they are what their record is, right? They're 3-0 and right now. Um, I've looked at this season for them against the context of history when you look at teams that lose Super Bowls and what happens the next year. you got to go back to the Buffalo Bills, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, of the, the 1990s to find a team that lost the Super Bowl and got back to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of theories to that. Um, you know, one being it's a long, a shorter off season. Uh, another theory being that the Super Bowl was such a letdown emotionally once you get to that point and you don't win, that that kind of carries over. And if anybody's going to have a hangover emotionally, you would think it would be the Falcons, you know, because of 28-3. to But so far, so good in terms of, you know, moving it forward. So there's a lot of football left, and that's obviously their challenge is to, you know, get right back there and prove that they can, you know, close it out this time. But, you know, Carolina felt like that last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you've had some other teams uh, that have had really good years and the next year, um, you know, stumbled a bit. So I'm not ready to say that, that this is uh, – you know, there's to lose yet. I'm just not really ready to say that because I still think there's a lot, and a lot of it's going to have to do with being at home for this team versus other teams. I mean, any team wants to be at home during the playoffs and have home field advantage, but I think it's so much more of an advantage for the Falcons than it is for some other teams, right? But I can still look at, you know, four or five teams in the NFC and say if this team is doing this, and playing this way, the right way, okay. But um, but let me circle back for a second to uh, and talk about the Lions. I was in their locker room today, right, well, it was Thursday. And, um, dude, <laughs> this team has been so, you know, <laughs> snake-bitten yes, by I some agree. You know, heartbreaking losses over the years. You go back to Calvin Johnson spikes the ball in Chicago. You go to the Monday night game in Seattle a couple years ago where – Cam Chancellor batted the ball out of the end zone and the officials spotted it wrong. You know, they ruled, you know, incorrectly on that and, and gave the Seahawks the ball. Um, you know, you've had the, you had a playoff game at Dallas where they called pass interference in the fourth quarter on the Lions, on, on the, the Cowboys linebacker, Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, and then they picked up the flag. <laughs> and, you know, it sure looked like pass interference. And, uh, you know, so the Lions have been stunned by all this, but you, you listen to Jim Caldwell, who, by the way, just got a contract extension 
despite nice. people questioning his, you know, his worthiness for it. I mean, he's got that team. They, they, they've not met Super Bowl spot yet, obviously, and it's been a long time for Detroit. But um, he has them at a level where they can think we can take the next step, okay? So you saw that on Sunday against uh, Atlanta. They've got a lot of things to work with. So, yeah, this is a team I keep an eye on when you talk about, you know, dark horse, you know, potential sleeper teams that could compete, depending on what happens. It's, you know, it's a September football, man, and September football can be so unpredictable. You we'll find out right. more about all of these teams. Yeah, we'll find out a lot more in October, and then when we get around the corner, and then you see, you know, who's healthy and who's lost key players and who's playing well and who's emerging, all of that. But the other team I like, not in your conference, in the Falcons conference, but the Kansas City Chiefs, man, Those they are exciting balling. to watch. They balling. Yeah, that's the other undefeated team. So um, I saw them last week uh, at Los Angeles when they played the Chargers. And, you know, at any given time, you know, a big play is possible. And we know we knew before that it could come from Tyreek Hill, but now they got this rookie running back, Kareem Hunt, who, you know, is taking no prisoners, man. Come here, come out of Toledo, falling. So um, the, the Chiefs are an exciting team to watch, and we're going to have to keep an eye on them. Now, Jerry, look, looking at another team in, out of NC South, though, the Saints, if I'm yeah. a team in need of a running back, would you call for Adrian Peterson? Because this is my thing, Jared. He had to know Sean Payton's running back by committee kind of a guy. He was not going to be the bell cow anymore. Or it's time to tell me on the low, Jerry, maybe I'm looking at this too deeply, it was his only deal he had was the Saints. Or he wanted too much money in Oakland or Seattle. It was like, now nah, we good. So, but if you need a running back, do you call Sean Payton about maybe sending a conditional six-round pick or fifth-round pick for Peterson because he can have a role at least rather than waste away only playing six, six plays, nine plays a game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm in that position where I need a guy and I'm that team that, you know, as you described it, you know, could use a guy that can, you know, carry a big load, um, you might be that player away that he makes that much of a difference. Yeah, I'd make a, a you know, a bid on him. Um, but you're right. He was out there on the market. Teams had a chance to make a go for him. Money does become part of the equation. And it didn't happen for him except for with the Saints. And you're right. He knew when he went there, and he's admitted it freely, that um, it wasn't going to be the same type of deal for him. But I think the thing, and I've talked to Sean Payton about it and Peterson, too, for that fact. Um, but, you know, the thing that I know Payton is envisioning is to try to get back to where they were that year. They went to the Super Bowl, right? When we think about the Saints and it's Drew Brees slinging the ball all over the field, right? Mm-hmm. And that is part of who they are, right? But you go back to that Super Bowl year, and it was Drew slinging the ball over the, all over the field, but he also had, you know, two, three running backs, including Deuce McAllister, and they were running the ball down people's throats, and they had the balance. But the other thing that happened that allowed for that balance was the defense, and that's what they don't have and they haven't had. So you go back to that Super Bowl formula, and that's what Sean, you know, clings to and holds on to. Say, this is what we want. This is who we want to be. But you can't really be that if your defense is letting people drive up and down the field, scoring points, and forcing you into these shootouts. But that defense for that Super Bowl team, and it's been what eight, seven, eight years now. 
Mm-hmm. But that defense created created turnovers, and not only that, but was a pretty good defense. So they so the games did not get out of hand when you just had to kind of abandon your game plan. So I saw that when I saw the Saints in Minnesota, like everybody else on that that first Monday night. That's exactly what happened. I mean, the game was tight for a minute, and then boom, the big the big plays against the defense just kind of you know put Minnesota out there, and then the Saints had to try to match them toe-to-toe, and that's that. And then Adrian Peterson gets like nine touches. So the other thing that would probably make New Orleans hesitant from dealing Adrian Peterson, even if they had somebody coming after him, is the fact that you, you need more than one running back in the NFL, and you never know what's going to happen to anybody. We don't wish injuries on anybody, but it's football, it's physical sport, things happen. And so, you know, we could be a week, a month, you know, six weeks away from Peterson having to carry, you know, the full load because of circumstances. So you got to have to, you know, you have to give yourself that option and that insurance, if you will. So that's part of what they have in Adrian Peterson. If something happens to Ingram where he can't go for an extended period, and then they got the rookie too, but he's a different type of, you know, even though they run him a lot, but, you know, I think he's, viewed as more of a scat back, you know, passing game guy. But Ingram's the main guy here, obviously, when you talk about how they divide the carries up. But, I, you know, and I think they ought to do the boss, man. I think if they've got all three of them healthy and they're into a game, they need to carve out a niche for Adrian Peterson to let him know to stay engaged and exactly. this is your time. Just like Kansas City did with Marcus Allen years ago. When we get to the goal line, we get to the red zone, we it's get on to the yardage, it's, this is you. And if they do that to Adrian Peterson, I think, you know, it, it may, Mark Ingram may not be crazy about it, but at least you know you got a guy who is proven in those situations. And that's what I think they need to do while everybody is still healthy, while they got them all there. How do you keep everybody healthy? You let Adrian Peterson know, hey, you may get eight carries, but guess what? all eight of them going to be inside the five-yard line, then, you know, you need to get us three touchdowns. Hey, that's the way you got to try to do that. Folks, we got Jerry Bell. You said they here on the Boss Man Show. We've been fans of his work for years. He's bringing the noise for you. They here on the Boss Man Show. Now, Jerry, I want to turn my attention to the AFC North with the Bengals. You know, I have a friend on the Bengals, Mr. Pac-Man Jones from ATL here, a friend of mine. Uh, oh, yeah. The Bengals – Sitting at 0-3. Marvin Lewis, last year of his contract. This the year finally Marvin gets shown to by Mike Brown and Andy Dalton. He'll he be replaced by McCarron or on some wild idea that I heard. No, B- 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 the Bengals players have told me personally, not named Pat, man, have told me this. They want to have Kaepernick come Kaepernick. on the team. So it's like, yeah. so can that really happen with Mike Brown say, hey, Dalton is terrible. We can get his contract next year anyway. And or Charlie McCarron or Malua Shai to keep his job because I already fired Zampezi. What's left left? Is it Dalton or Laser or Lewis? So what's it gonna be, Jerry, in Cincinnati? Yeah, because yeah, because usually when a coordinator gets it, especially this early in the season, you know, that type of move usually says a couple things. Usually says that, hey, we were thinking about doing this last off season or last spring and we didn't do it. And now we're going to do it two games into the season. Because, I mean, how do you can a guy just two games into the season regardless of how bad it's been, right? Because some of those interceptions 
<laughs> were not on Zampezi. Sure was not. They were on Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm a little puzzled by that. But the other thing that happens typically in these kinds of situations is that, you know, the GM or the owner or whoever's in charge of the head coach will say, you need to make a move or else I'm going to make a move <laughs> on you. And, you know, and sometimes people get forced to corners like, hey, I got to make a move here. So I don't know for sure what really happened in that regard on, on why they made the decision the way they made it. But it does kind of underscore the idea that, you know, there's some thin ice in Cincinnati, right? And I don't think that Mike Brown is going to, you know, give Marvin the heave um Maybe even after one bad season, I don't think he's going to do it. But, you know, Marvin Lewis doesn't have a contract for next year. And I know Mike Brown doesn't like to pay coaches when they are under contract, right? I mean, if you go back to his history and from what people have told me, you know, he kind (laughs) of tries to ride it out and then make the move. So this would be the type of scenario where he might do that. But um, I'm not ready to say that's going to happen yet. I, I, they had to, they, they got to really feel bad about what happened in Green Bay because they had the Packers on the rope, and I thought they was going to go in there and win that game to tell you the truth. I, I um, you know, because Green Bay is not as strong as you think, and even at home they're not. I mean, they got the they got the best quarterback in football, but um, you know, they can be beaten, and Cincinnati almost did it. And so we'll see. They got Cleveland this week, so maybe they'll get one. That will that that's that, that that's a futility bowl if you ask me. O and three and O and three. I'm a I'm a roll with the oh, Bengals because yeah. of my man Pac Man. I want him to have a be in a, a great frame of mind. So I'ma go with the Bengals. <laughs> okay, okay. That's, go, my that's my that's my that's my boy. So I'm gonna go with my boy on that one. Now speaking of that division, well, not the division, AFC South rather. We got the Jaguars, Jared. I don't know what to think of them. Um. They get destroyed by the Titans in week two. They blow out Houston week one when Houston line was exposed for the falls that they, they are. Then they go to London and beat the Ravens. And, and we're doing fake punts up by 37 in the fourth quarter. What are we doing now? But what's your read on the Jaguars when Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin? Is it Fournette saving balls from himself? Or will we see some will we see some Chad Henney or or just not just run from that till he's in the ground, mixing some yelding and some ivory and hope we never have to throw the ball over so it's half to give him a, the game manager role we're going forward. Yeah, yeah, don't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, break glass for emergency only, right? Yeah. I mean, and you know, you 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 want to be able to throw the ball just to keep defenses honest. You know, he lost Allen Robinson, the, the big-time receiver, too. So that just compounds the problem you have with Blake Borders as your quarterback, right, is that you don't have your big-time receiver, man. Um, so, yeah, here's the deal. They've done such a, you know, an aggressive job over the past, what, three years in assembling defensive talent, both in the draft and in free agency. So they've got some named players. You look up and down on all levels of their defense and you've got guys that you've heard of and you knew about, right? And, and I'm talking about Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Miles Jack, A.J. Fouye. I mean, they got a, they got some horses there, right? So I think all of that is legit in terms of what's happening on their defense and how good they can be. And then we know what Kaufman wants to do 
on offense with power rushing, winning the trenches, pouring that. So they got that together. So the big question is the quarterback thing. And I think the Tennessee game kind of really, you know, highlighted the fact that you have to have balance to win big and to win consistently in the NFL. So you can have Leonard Fournette rushing for 2,000 yards if you can get that much. I'm just throwing a number out there, but say it's 15, 1,600 yards or whatever. You can have that and still be 8-8 eight eight because you've got to, you know, win some of these games sometimes on the strength of your quarterback, right? And so until they get that fixed, it's just a progression. They're better than they were before. They're on their way. They got some things to be excited about. The program is being built up with this new regime. So they so that the arrow is trending north for them, right? But, you know, I think Tennessee just kind of showed, well, you got a ways to go before you're going to be the class of this division. And then, hey, they got Houston. They, they hung on on Houston, man, and they exposed the, the Texans' offensive line. And Bill O'Brien was like, okay, <laughs> I learned my lesson. You know, so, so Bill O'Brien to bench Tom Savage after a half, I mean, poor Tom Savage. And I'm not saying that the right guy is not in there right now, okay, Deshaun Watson, because obviously he is the right guy. <laughs> but Bill O'Brien should have figured that out from the get-go. Right? You know, that's, that's what gets me. Some of these guys, man, they're supposed to be so smart and such geniuses, and then you don't see that. Okay, so I saw the Texans back in training camp when they were in West Virginia for a few days, and um, – you know, the, the buzz around campus that Deshaun Watson had closed the gap significantly on Tom Savage. And now we, once we've seen the games happen, um, you know why. I mean, you, I think we kind of knew that before, to tell you the truth. Yeah, because we, if you watched him at yeah, Clemson, we, we you knew what kind of quarterback he was. We, yeah, we but, you know, sometimes what it, what has to happen, boss, is that, you know, you've got to see him um, when the lights are the brightest, you know, when it's full speed. Uh, when everything matters. So, you know, so that's about the only thing you have to prove. You know, and, and guys have to get experience and all of that, right? So it's a progression from that regard, too. But it's not like he was trying to go in there and beat out, you know, <laughs> Andrew Luck. Exactly. <laughs> right? Or Cam Newton. He's going in there to beat out Tom Savage. So there you go. Tom Savage is probably a nice guy, but. Tom Savage is Tom Savage. He is what he is, Tom freaking self. Savage. <laughs> yes, indeed. Would you hey, what about, what about the what about the hey boss? What about the Sean Watson giving his uh, game check to the employees who what lost, a class act, man. Um, Dude's a class home, act. Yeah, homes and everything in the uh, yeah from the hurricane, man. And I was telling my mom, I was like, yeah, you know, the Sean Watson was the guy who, when he was a kid, his mom was the recipient of a house from Warwick Dunn. Yes, he so, sure was. So, you know, was. the program that, yeah, Warwick Dunn has this program, and I did a story on it years ago where he gives these homes, man, to the single moms, or at least he starts and gives them the down payments and puts them in it and furnishes them and gets them, you know, on their feet, man. And Deshaun Watson was, you know, one of the kids who saw that and felt that and was impacted by that and look at what he became. And so the fact that he did that, uh, man, it just, it, it just makes my heart, you know, sizzle, man. That, that was, like you say, class act, man. 
my last one for you is about the Los Angeles Charges. Uh, they're ah. they're at the StubHub Center and not even drawing half the crowd. Other teams that are Channel 18, they have to go silent count at home in a condensed, compact stadium. So my question is: It's been some buzz, maybe to leave with somebody in San Diego, but that's not going to happen. They want they want that money from Dean Spanos for relocation. So what are the Chargers going to do the next three years to to as they say fight for LA and uh, just not be the stepchild nobody wants? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was at that game last week um, against Kansas City, so I saw exactly what you talked about. It's about half and half, and they told me, some of the reporters told me that the, the crowd was about the same the week before when they played Miami. So, like, Kansas City scored a touchdown, and you heard all these cheers and stuff, and then the Chargers did something, and you heard all these cheers. And the stadium, it's a pretty cool stadium. And and, and I remember, and I talked to Dean Spanos, their the owner, about this multiple times, actually, uh, including last week and when I was in training camp and the whole thing. And, you know, they're, they're trying to make it until they get to that new stadium with Stan Kroenke. To talk about them possibly going back to San Diego, just forget that because they are full steam ahead on trying to, you know, uh, cash in on the L.A. market. Now, whether or not that happens, we'll see. Because the bottom line for them and for the Rams is going to be you know, trying to be a consistent winner to make people really, really want your product. And so that Mm -hmm. has to happen. Now, this stadium with the Chargers in particular, like I say, it's a cute little stadium. It's a soccer stadium. I liked it. And I told Dean Spanos this the other day. I was like, if I was a fan living in L.A. and I had, you know, I didn't tell him this, but if I had like $500 to burn, because, you know, the prices, man, are, you know, ridiculously high. But it was a good fan experience, right? In terms of, you know, you don't have as much uh, traffic as you would at some of these bigger stadiums. They had all this, they had this like the street fair type of environment for the concessions and all of that stuff. So it was a pretty cool laid back experience, right? Um, and, the, and the noise in that place was more than you would expect because of the acoustics and the way that, you know, the, the, the stadium is constructed and stuff. And they got these canopies over the fans so that keeps the noise in. Um, but I say all that to say, yeah, it's a great place to go watch the game. And you're going to see a lot more situations like you saw with the Chiefs fans and the Dolphins fans the week before. Where, okay, let's go to Southern California and watch our team. Exactly. <laughs> we can get tickets. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Chargers sold out these tickets season ticket-wise, but apparently the secondary market is flush with those tickets and you can get them. But the Chargers are adamant about saying, you know, we sold our 25,000 season tickets that we put up, and then there's another couple thousand, you know, single-game tickets that they have each week. But they're saying that they sold them all out. Um, So if you can take them at their word, they did that. So the secondary market is allowing people to come in there um, and do it. But I thought all along, going into this thing, that the Chargers would have a chance to capture L.A.'s attention just because they had a quarterback. But, you know... Looks like the Rams uh, have a quarterback coach who's bringing the best out of this young Jared Goff guy and got him going. And the Rams, I mean, you think about some of the weapons they've added around Jared Goff. So it's one thing for him to be, you know, in his second year and have a new coach, new system, but they went out and got some talent. Like, hello, Buffalo, we want Sammy Watkins, right? Exactly. Watkins, Woods, you know, and then they're using Gurley in the passing game, right? They didn't do that with him last year at all. So – when Eric Dickerson was dogging the Rams 
coaching and field goal fisher. He knew. <laughs> yeah, buddy. He knew exactly what he was talking about. And, I mean, that's a professional eye, no doubt. So we had no reason to doubt him back then. But it is really proven to be, you know, so, you know, dead on when you look at kind of how they've had this quick turnaround. So, yeah, talent matters. they got a couple guys on the offensive line, too. So all that matters. But if you just look at the schemes and the way they're using people, um, yeah, I'm excited about them. They play at Dallas this week. So I don't expect them to win that game. Wade Phillips going back to see Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. But, you know, it'll be a good game to, you know, to watch and see how it unfolds. And last point I want to make to you, Jerry, is just a funny point. The Falcons are selling, get this, they're the wrong tickets this week for the Buffalo Bills game. It's sold out for Buffalo, selling the wrong tickets, and get this, $57 plus taxes and fees to stand up in one little ramp in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like, the, the Bills? This is not the Bills game we sold out for the wrong tickets for the Bills? I was shocked, so I wow. look forward to, to Sunday in Atlanta, 80, 80 degrees, tailgate, party and go in there and see the Falcons go forward, oh, hopefully, and leave happy. <laughs> Have a good evening. It's yeah. the night in Atlanta. <laughs> so, so, so $50, $57 for standing room? Plus taxes and fees, according to the AJC. <laughs> wow, yeah. Because they, they've been doing that in Dallas, you know, since they opened up that new stadium, and it's twenty nine ninety nine. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> well, I guess Arthur Blazik is going to give you cheap concessions. He's going to get you on the tickets. How about that? <laughs> hey, hey, we 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 just comparing prices. We just doing research here, but no, that's that's interesting. But I, I, I like the whole standing room thing. Uh, if there's a demand, why not? And if you can get the people in there, you know, hey, you know, for some people that is just as good as having a seat. You know, in terms of you know, if you didn't, you know, it depends on where your seat is and how squeezed you are and all that. You know, I think I think it's a good value to tell you the truth. You know, the price, you know, exclusive of the price, but just the whole idea of being able to get into a stadium and, you know, enjoy the game and all that stuff, you know, and check out your tailgate party. Huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> came with the Boss Man tailgate party in Vine City. Folks, come on out. See me, 8 a.m. Eastern time to 11 a.m. out there with you. I go on the field. And now, Jerry, I'll tell you this. This is what I worry about. I don't want Austin to open that roof up in November or December when it's 50 degrees outside. Keep that thing closed above our heads. I'm used to that dome nah. next door. <laughs> don't open that roof. Oh, yeah. I'm a guy from Florida. I hate the cold. So keep that roof closed in November and December, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've got a lot of people that will feel the same way as you. We're not worried too much about that one. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jerry, man, yeah. this has been Great to have you on this show today, man. I'm so excited to talk to you, man. Like I told you off the air, I've been a fan of yours for years. Been, I've loved your work. To get you on the show with me finally, man, it's an honor and a privilege, man. All right. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you having me, my brother. And you keep doing your thing, man. <laughs> no doubt. Well, folks, that's Jerry Bell here on the Boss Man Show.
all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.
Folks, we're back here on the Gerald the Boss Man Show. We're joined by Cameron Wolf of ESPN.com and Jared Bell of USA Today. Then we're joined by Howard Balls of the Sports Exchange and Balls of Football.com. Howard, good to have you on the show. Been a fan of your work for years, man. Good to have you on the show with us here today here in ATL. Great being with you. Great. Really uh, looking forward to it. Yes, sir. I want to ask you, Howard, about the quirky rule that cost the Lions the game with the Falcons, man. Is that a rule they're going to look at and obviously maybe to tweak that rule because uh, inadvertent error shouldn't cost to get people to send the second runoff and lose the game like that. So is that a rule that you want them to maybe look at and obviously maybe to change a little bit and tweak? Well, I, I think I think the problem is that – and we have to examine why the rule is there because mm-hmm. they don't, they wouldn't want a situation like that to benefit a team. And it could, ben- it could have benefited the Lions if – you know, let, let's let's say that play had not been called a touchdown. Well, then they're scrambling and they're rushing to get up to the line, and it, it's fourth down. And are you going to be able to get a playoff? If not, maybe you get a playoff, but you certainly don't have time to get a play in from the field. And so they want to, now, maybe ten is ten seconds too much. I don't know. Maybe they'll look at that. But if the you know, flip side of it is, of course, they rule the touchdown clock stop with eight seconds. And then if they just keep it as it is, well, now the Lions are truly benefiting because they didn't score a touchdown. Now there's no rush. They've got, they, they, they could be, you know, sitting there all that time. And I'm sure they probably were. I'll bet they weren't totally realizing about the 10 second runoff. So they're probably, the coaches are sitting there going, okay, if this isn't in, then let's get a play ready and let's get ready to run it. And all of a sudden, of course, so, so that could have benefited them by having the clops clock stop so i don't know that we'll see a change here's one question i have and i haven't seen it answered and i've been trying to find out and i haven't been able to get the answer yet what you know everyone's saying well you'd have to rush up and, and call a play well if they had ruled that not a touchdown then the clock's moving and it goes from eight maybe to seven to six to five well someone in that booth in new york or sitting in their room in new york is going we need to review this to see if it was a touchdown, even though it wasn't, it, it wasn't ruled one. Now, some are going to say, well, hold it, hold it. A touchdown is automatically reviewed, scoring play. That's true. But in the last two minutes, mm-hmm. it's, an auto, it's an automatic booth review on anything that's close. So let's say the clock goes down to five seconds, and then, boom, they whistle it and say, hey, we want to review it. And then they review it, and they find, okay, it wasn't a touchdown. I'm curious. Is there a 10-second runoff there? I'm, I'm not sure if there if there is. Maybe it's maybe it's that way for both. But I think that they you, you, they try to come up with a rule that fits all possibilities. In that one, you certainly could argue that they would have had time to get a playoff because the play started from the one yard line. You know, it wasn't like the ball was at the twenty, mm-hmm. and then they threw a pass down and. It was ruled that, and now everybody's running down the field 20 yards and trying to get set up. Well, here, everyone was pretty close to each other. So, But the problem is, I don't know if you can have provisos in the rule that says, well, it's a 10-second runoff if the ball's on a certain yard line. Maybe it's less of, less of a runoff if it's inside the five or something like that. Maybe those are things they'll look at. But, we have to, again, we have to realize why, why that rule is there and that it and it was applied accordingly and correctly. And also looking at the Dallas Cowboy Arizona game on on two fronts, 
it's I see, to me it looks like Dak Prescott has grown as a quarterback because the run game was stuffed pretty early, but he made plays to Bryce Butler and the passing game moving out to his right, uh, doing some bootlegs and things of that nature. And the line is not quite gelled yet. So are you happy with the, that the progress Dak has made in the passing games? If the Cowboys get in trouble when Zeke is pretty much just stopped playing on a non-Denver defense, then he can get the job done. Maybe make him play with, with Dez Bryant, Bryce Butler, Cole Beasley, within those guys in Dallas to get, get keep them going. Even Zeke Elliott is bottled up with, 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 with the running game. People get that nine but the guys in that box there so they can't run the ball either way. I'm going to get back to one thing you said there in a second. Okay. Uh, but I, I was shaking my head all throughout the offseason to all these people saying, well, Dak Prescott's going to take a step back. They're coming up with this mythical sophomore drink, jinx and all those things. And I'm saying, well, you know what? There's no such thing as sophomores in the NFL. These are pro players. And so – everything about him that you could see. And they, they didn't go down the field that much last year with that offense. And they were, I, I knew they were opening it up for him more this year. And the way he works and his work ethic and all those things, I didn't believe there would be a step back. To me, the biggest thing of the Cowboys right now is you alluded to it, the offensive line gelling. I'm not sure they're going to gel. May, may, they'll be, I'm sure, let me say this, they'll be better as the season goes on just from playing together, but they came into the season without two starters from their line the last couple of years. Well, I don't care who you are. I don't care what how good your line is. You lose 40% of your starters and you have new guys in there. It's not going to be the same, and it's not going to be as good, especially when you had a line that played at such a high level as the Cowboys did. So, like I said, while I think they will improve as the season goes on, they're not, they're not the same line that they were last year or even a couple of years before that. So I'm going to be very curious about that. And that sometimes, what does that mean? Does that mean Zeke Elliott has a few less big plays? Does it mean a few third downs aren't converted that you did last year? And all of a sudden, a couple of those wins or losses, and you're back to the pack a little bit. And I think that's an issue right now, quite honestly, all around the NFL. Offensive line play is very substandard in a lot of places for a lot of reasons. We'd need two hours to talk about it all. But it's a fact, and it's reality. And when you look at teams that are inconsistent or having problems on offense, usually everyone wants to blame the quarterback because that's the easiest thing to do. But most of the time, it's traced to the offensive line. Now, Howard, I agree with your point because Sunday I was in Tennessee watching the Seattle Seahawks line get demolished by oh. the Titans. And oh. Russell Wilson running for his life. And, the, the, I mean, Seattle is consistently spends all the money on defense, as we all know, but they try to be cheap with that line. You have a you need a line to protect Russell Wilson. He's going to be hurt again. And all you have is Austin Davis and Trayvon Boykin behind him. And if he gets hurt, your season's, your season's out. It's done. It's finished. And I fear, I fear for the guy because he's out running for his life. I was having to duck and dodge, pass rush. He's, or sometimes he's feeling the rush and not even there. He's already ducking, ready to run. So it's like Seattle is so for, for, for how good they are in front office-wise, they will not adjust that line and they're wasting the Jimmy Graham. I mean, you trade a first-round pick for this guy and, and mass hunger for this guy, and he's not being used properly. He's just another guy out I, there. Yeah, I, I think that they probably, the Seahawks, count too much on Tom Cable, their offensive line coach, thinking that, hey, just give him, give him anything and he'll make a line out of it. Well, 
It's not that simple. But continuity is a big part of it also. And a, a, a perfect example is Minnesota. You know, last year, they get off to that 5-0 and start playing Sam Bradford at quarterback, who had gotten there a week before the season opener. And they're 5-0, and and they're looking pretty good. And then they lose both their starting tackles. They lose another backup tackle to injury. They signed J- Jake Long off the street, who couldn't play anymore. But they were so desperate, they signed him and within 10 days started him. And they lost. They played five different tackles last year. So this year, this offseason, what did the Vikings do? They went out and they got two new tackles. Not great tackles, but pretty good ones. Riley Reef at left side and Mike Remmers on the right side. And all of a sudden, look what the Vikings have done to start this season. Winning a game with Case Keenum at quarterback. O- opening holes for Dalvin Cook, the, the rookie running back. And the line's a lot better. And it, 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 it killed them last year. And that was the huge reason for why the Vikings fell off. And everyone hailed Sam Bradford for having a great completion percentage. Well, you know what, man? Just about any quarterback in the NFL could complete 70% of his passes if none of the passes went, were longer than five yards in the air. <laughs> and, and that's what they were doing. He was taking three steps and getting rid of the football. But they weren't winning games with that. And that was a big problem. And so, like I said, all around the league, there's issues with the line. You brought Seattle, another excellent example. And it's, you know, you know, we, we it, it, what can, what more can you say? I mean, the Packers played Thursday night uh, without their two starting le- starting tackles. You, you just can't compete consistently. Cons- and I'm talking consistently. You'll make plays. I mean, every NFL team will make plays. But in the crucial plays that are needed in games, Converting on third down in the fourth quarter. That's when, when you have problems on the line, these great, these good defenses with the athletic freaks that there are on that side of the football are going to dominate some of those lines. And that's, you know, that's a problem that is being faced now all around the NFL. And Howard, we also talked about Arizona earlier in the show. Do you feel like they've missed their window and that they're just over the hill now that, with the Carson Palmer losing David Johnson at Arizona, it's been hyped to this be this great team. But when you look at them on the field, they just don't look. They just don't look look good to me. They look like they're the average team at best, eight and eight, nine and seven, miss the playoffs, better better barely make it. That they're not contenders. People want to make make them out to be. That, that's probably what they are without David Johnson. I think Palmer's still good enough to win games with. Uh, they've also lost the receiver John Brown, uh, who who hasn't been healthy. So that has hurt him. And hey, here we are. I'll, I'll give you the broken record. Once again, you know, last week they played without their starting left tackle and their starting left guard. Uh, they're both supposed to be back this week. They were okay at guard because they had signed Alex Boone after he was cut uh, by the Vikings, in fact. Uh, but they, they still, they, they put him in the starting lineup and he'd only been there for like two weeks. And so that, that was a problem for them. When you, you lose the entire side of one you know, the entire one side of your line, there that's going to affect on offense. And I, I haven't, I haven't, done, I haven't tracked last week in sacks yet. I've got to do that before this week's games. But after two weeks, sacks were up in the NFL about one a game. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but one one sack a game, if it comes at just the right time, keeps the team from getting a first down, stops a drive, whatever it is, in a league where there are so many close games. 
that one stack of game, whichever side it comes on, can make the difference in a football game. And why, why are sacks up? Well, we've been talking about all those reasons. All those bad lines, folks. Are doing about Howard Balzer here of SportsAchange.com and BalzerFootball.com. Now, Howard, let me take it this step. This is I'll see Buffalo this Sunday in Atlanta against the Falcons. But the play that I want to talk about is with Von Miller and Tyrod Taylor is that a case of over officiating right there? Yeah. All the penalty when they was joking. He was obviously playing with the guy. They laughed about it. Was that like come on? Like seriously, costing the game off of that? It it, it definitely appeared to be over-officiating, and the problem is is that the officials have been told to watch all this stuff closely and err on the side of caution. You know, they don't want taunting. They don't want stuff going on between guys. And if you just view that as, as it was, it looks like some guy's just like taunting, taunting an opponent and something that shouldn't be done. Now, I know Mike Pereira, the former head of officials in the NFL, of course now is on Fox, said afterward that, Unless something was said that would lead an official to do that, you probably shouldn't uh, throw the flag. But once again, it happens quickly. It happens in the heat, heat of a moment. You see this go on, and you watch a guy lend out a hand to somebody to like you're going to pick him up, and then kind of you know walk away whatever whatever he did. And so, you know, a trigger happy official is going to throw a flag when they've been instructed to throw flags. Because they don't, because they're cracking down on taunting, and that's what happens in this league a lot of times. You get some officials who maybe go too far because they don't want to call, get called on the carpet later for something that they should have called, and they'll say, "Well, why didn't you call that?" You know, let, let's say something. Let's say something after that. We don't. He doesn't know their friends. He doesn't know that that stuff. Suppose there had been an incident after that, or something that ha- happened with reaction, and then they're going, "Well, you should have called that penalty." And so that's the problem. It's the problem they have with a lot of these hits on defenseless quarterbacks where they get mistakes. They get mistakes called on those, and the bang, bang, quick of a play, they don't get to see it in slow motion, but they're told, again, to err on the side of caution. If it looks like it, throw the flag. And then you end up with huge 15-yard penalties on guys sometimes where it's shown afterward on the replay that it shouldn't have been a penalty. But that's, that's what you get in the league when they're, like I said, when they're instructing the officials to call a lot of this stuff as close as they possibly can. Now, Howard, do you feel that Alex Smith is uh, playing his way to again bringing back in KC next year? Because 3-0, the guy's on fire, and it's like, so is he maybe playing for next year to help bring him back? Because we can't get rid of the guy. He was so hot this year. So you think he's probably working towards a little bit more of this being back next year in KC? He very well could be, and the reality is that I don't think he should have been playing for his job anyway. I think Alex Smith is one of the most unfairly maligned quarterbacks in professional football because he's viewed as he's viewed as a game manager, doesn't have the big arm, you know, doesn't have you know huge huge numbers and huge statistics. But when you look at the record, all, all there's only one thing that usually the teams that he quarterbacks does. You know what that is? Win. They, they Exactly. They win games. And I know some will argue, well, they don't win in the playoffs. Well, okay. But the fact is, the guy helps get them there and gives them a chance to win playoff games. But what we're seeing now is better talent around him. And all of a sudden, they've become this explosive offense that 
has an NFL record for most consecutive games with a 50, with a 50 yard plus touchdown. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And, and, and a lot of it's Kareem Hunt, the running back, but they went into this season hoping, you know, moving to get Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver, more involved and get him more big plays. And now team, and so teams are accounting for him on defense along with having to account for Travis Kelsey. And now you have Kareem Hunt running wild. It's, 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 it's amazing. And so, and all Smith does is go back there and play the game. Doesn't make mistakes. I, I saw once that, and after this game that they won last week against the Chargers, and it, I believe, I believe it's 12 or 13 games in a row again on road games in the division. He has 18 touchdown passes and one interception. Wow. Road game. Road game. And so that's the thing about them. Every year you look at the plus-minus turnover differential, and the Chiefs are at the top of it with Alex Smith. And so I'll take a guy anytime who will will make enough good plays to win games but won't make the mistakes that cause you to lose. And that's Alex Smith in a nutshell. And last one for you, Howard, is is, as we move into the final week of the first quarter season here, what coaches are really on the hot seat that we need to keep our own potentially that may be replaced at the end of the season or even mid-season if it gets bad enough? Good good question. You know, I I always hate talking about those things because I always know know how, how much these coaches put into it. And a lot of times, most of the time, teams lose uh, because of the players, not the head coach. But the reality is, you know, owners will make the change. And most of the, most of the time, they don't find anybody better than the guy they had. And a lot of times, they end up uh, taking a step back. You know, some people think it could be Ben McAdoo with the Giants, with the way they've started. But, you know, they've had a really tough schedule and comes in as a first-year coach last year, and they win 11 games. So did Ben McAdoo suddenly become a bad coach? I, I don't think so. Uh, everyone talks about Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, and they've won a lot of games uh, with him uh, as the head coach. So th- those might be two guys uh, that you would look at as, as possibly being in trouble. But ha- this league has so much change and so many, so many coaching changes that there aren't a lot of coaches who have been with their teams uh, for a long period of time. And so I think those would probably be uh, the two at the top of the list. And, you know, who knows? There'll, there'll probably be some if Cleveland continues to lose. You know, Hugh Jackson probably bought time with starting a rookie quarterback. But I think he's a quality coach. And to win, you need quality players and you need continuity. And sometimes the worst thing that owners do is change the coach. Because then all you do is you're starting over again with a new system, new start. And, yeah, sometimes it works. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it works. But more often than not, it doesn't. And you just get into that over and over situation where you're changing your coach every three years and you're just spinning your wheels and getting nowhere. You got there, right, Howard. Well, Howard, I thank you for, for your knowledge tonight, man, on the show. Because I've been a fan of your work for years. Got to have you on this show, man. Look forward to doing it with you down the road. Anytime, man. Enjoyed it. Take care. <laughs> All right, folks. How balls are here on the Boss Man Show.
All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m. 
only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar Memphis. somebody down over it but that that is that is funky 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 i mean i if you eat out enough you've had some experience you know that has been less than you know appetizing i guess is the best way to put it but i never found anything like that in my food no doubt we'll try this louisiana men are arrested after brawl at popeye sends pregnant manager to the hospital after they were fighting over being able to practice getting breast milk and rubbing her bump while on break due to not knowing which one of the men's baby is inside of her. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never done that on any break from any job that I've had. I mean, like, I mean, it's never, never come up. Like, I've gone out for a smoke, you know, I've had some bite to eat, you know, take a quick nap in the car. Um, never once have I rubbed a baby bump and then got into a fisticuffs with a potential other baby daddy. <laughs> exactly. That would never happen. Never happen. Now get this. Tennessee deputies are in hot water after joking on Facebook Live that a man charged with KFC robbery won't be able to get any takeout while in jail. So their their joke was that while he was in jail... He wasn't going to get any takeout? Yeah, and they did it on, 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 on the station's Facebook Live. Put out the so, to pay the people when they're in front of a jail inmate. Now they in trouble. But it wasn't even funny. Like, they weren't even being funny. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was dry as hell. Right? Like, if you were, if you're going to risk your job for some hilarity, I mean, you might want to mix in something that's actually funny, right? Exactly. Like, that wasn't even remotely... Okay. How much you... Like, that's the thing. Like, people... It's social media, man. People... You... They just... There is not, not a lot of thinking before people post stuff, right? Not at all. Not at all. And try this. Michigan woman is arrested after beating and pepper spraying a woman who jumped her in line to get some live lobster in Publix. <laughs> Dude, when they get the live lobster uh, tank out, it's on. <laughs> exactly. It's on, bro. You gotta watch out. Like, 
I mean that when you when that day comes at, at Publix and you see the guy you know setting up the tank for some live lobster, you just you know you don't want to wait in line for that. You want to get in there and get the, the one with the biggest claws, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you know sometimes you gotta lay the smack down to get in there. <laughs> you got that right. And here we go. First of the day, Florida couple arrested after detailed operation and planning of alleged meth trafficking sex ring was uncovered in a married neighbor's hurricane damaged home during an evaluation of the property. I mean, dude, uh, listen, I, Florida man is opportunistic. We understand that. Like, like he is uh, opportunistic. Uh, there's an entrepreneurial spirit within a Florida man that we recognize to be very strong. Um, and the hurricane is not going to stop that. It's not going to tamp it down, JR. It's not going to tamp it down. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, and California couple is arrested after stealing insurance client's ID to gain $11,000 in commission to buy a new Kia on the year-end lot sale. <laughs> you got to throw down on that Kia, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Although, they, I do like that one commercial they got now where the, the little little baby like bust out the window you know and he's, exactly. he's turbo right he's like takes off running i like that commercial that's pretty dope exactly he, if he's that, that babysitter's kid he'd be rolling roll, roll, roll off the floor but, yeah. I, I will say yeah right <laughs> i will say that some of their sedan models aren't bad looking like as far as style goes and i've never really ridden in one so i don't know how the ride is but the style isn't all that terrible i'm not a big fan of those boxy little boxy things but me neither I wouldn't drive a Kia Soul at all. Save my life. Them little box cars. Yeah, not, not a big fan of the style on that. But the other, the sedans don't look too bad. I mean, they got some nice lines to them. No doubt. We got a Are You Dumb? Atlanta middle school teacher suspended and arrested after signing future lyrics. Well, I mean, dude, come on. I mean, that's just common sense, right? Future is teaching the future generations of America. So if you sign his lyrics for homework... That's okay. Like, what's the problem, right? I mean, I'm, I'm cool with I'm it. Weird. Like, what's the issue? A- A- APS ain't, but A- I'm cool with it. The APS <laughs> is not down with future. Make note of it. That border war, man, it's going to be going. It's on this year. The, the largest cocktail party in the world. It's going to be added, added to the mix. Exactly. And we got Taco Bell is ditching the drive through window and they're adding booze. And 100 restaurants in their new urban location that they're all rebuilding from the ground up. So they're trying to be like Chipotle? Yes. So basically it's just going to be like Taco Bell, but they're going to have only eat-in and booze, like beers and stuff. Yes. I, I mean, I don't see that as a terrible idea, but Taco Bell, I mean... You gotta step your food game up if you're trying to compete with Chipotle, because I mean Chipotle's food is like it's obviously better in quality than Taco Bell. So you know it's fresh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not trying to go to Taco Bell and you know sit down. And if I'm going to Taco Bell, it's because I'm like I'm in a hurry, dude. I need to just throw it on taco real quick. Exactly. Exactly. And got this. Charles us files for bankruptcy uh, due to. Amazon Primes do the online store stores. Now they're struggling, and well, they say they may not be able to keep open stores through the retail season because of all their sales being going elsewhere. Who are making stores? Yeah, online. Amazon is just like devastating the uh, brick and mortar stores, dude. There's like 
left and right brick and mortar stores are just going out of business because of, you know amazon and then some of the other places out there i mean even ebay is still still strong you can find a lot of deals on ebay too so you know i mean that's, that's the way the market works man if you can't compete with your business model you either gotta you know adapt it or file you know file bankruptcy you got that right and we got this john florida men are arrested after attempting to steal a utility pole that was strapped to the top of the SUV, they were driving through the streets of Jacksonville, jamming the fuse. So, these cats had a telephone pole strapped to the top of their vehicle? Yes, that the, the, they cut down themselves. That they cut down themselves. <laughs> like, what? The obvious question is, what in the hell were you going to do with it? I'm like, what? What was it? What was it for? Quote, give themselves power from okay. the hurricane. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess do what you got to do, man. Hurricane. Oh, desperate times call for desperate measures, JR. That's all I can think of. Exactly. This story is sickening, John. German man is awaiting reattachment after getting his junk stuck in, in a weight at the gym. Oh, my God. Like, like on a Nautilus-type machine? I don't know, but whatever he got stuck in his junk. Oh, Dude, like, I don't, okay, that's terrible, and it's tragic, and it's making me cringe right now, but I've never had my junk that close in contact with a machine at the gym. Was he, like, humping it or something? Like, I don't... <laughs> Why were you that erect that you get your junk broken off? So I'm saying, like, I, I what don't was understand. Going on? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel bad for you, bro, but, like, I've never been in the gym working out and my, my junk's been so close to one of the machines that I feared for its life you know like oh I'm pretty close I better back up like what were you doing bro like come on man exactly uh, like what is happening in that situation woo wee we got ex Georgia mayor arrested after using city funds to pave mother's driveway and get himself a ride and more from Home Depot <laughs> I, I, the temptation is is strong. I think like it is a strong temptation if you're in charge of you know large sums of public money to just use it for whatever you want because largely it goes unchecked. I mean you're you're the one that if you're like the treasurer or something you're the one that's in command of the checks and whatnot and the movement of the money. So I'm sure it's it's a it's a big temptation, but that's rough, bro, man. You, I mean, you get caught doing that stuff, you're you're gonna get rung up, man. They're not gonna mess around with you. Exactly. Folks, with the two-story warning, the two-story warning, here we go. Vodka spill. North Carolina truck carrying 40,000 pints of liquor. Tips over after Florida men began telling it, caught up to it in Maryland. John, they got it in Miami. Caught to him in Maryland, got the truck over and tipped over because the goods they had, because get this, John, they were thirsty and horny and wanted some online dating sex. (laughs) This is a story that literally might make my head explode. Like, I could be thinking about this one for a few weeks. The visual of these dudes tracking this truck down is just strong, bro. Strong. <laughs> and then the reasoning behind and the they, reasoning behind it is, is what ties it all together. Exactly. Oh shoot, man! I don't even know. I don't even know. That's a lot. Of, that's, a lot of liquor, that's, a, that's a lot of liquor, Miami. That's a lot of liquor, man. Exactly. Oh my goodness. And final story today is this: John Michigan teacher is arrested after gambling away over a hundred thousand dollars worth of 
money he stole from the Hulkman funds, he can get himself three houses for his side. Oh, three houses for, jeez. I mean, dude, just rent an apartment. Why you got to buy him a piece of property? My God, man. Like, it's, just, I mean, it's easier if you, if you just rent the apartment to get out of that. Like, if something goes sideways, you could, you buy a house for somebody. That's a whole different story. Then you got to get them, like, evicted. Forget that, man. I mean, I understand you want side your side pieces to be comfortable and all, but just get them a nice condo or something, you know? Exactly. Well, John M. Offsport on this week's show. What is your take on this week's report, man? I... I gotta tell you what, bro. I'm gonna be thinking about this this Florida to Maryland vodka run for, for quite some time. I mean, that one you snuck up on me with that one. <laughs> uh, but it was a good report. Good report. I liked it. You know, nice, nice, solid, succinct report. You know, a little shorter than normal. A little shorter than normal. But that that was good. It was good. It had some good stories in there. No doubt. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com 
or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.